to beat a win at Wembley. Black who's going to go for it. Black for the one point to win the grand final. He's done it. Hello, welcome to another episode of Talking the Facts of Life, sponsored by Eclipse Energy. Uh, my name's Mike Egg, and joined us as always is uh, producer extraordinaire, Rick Powell. And facts fan, keep forgetting that one. <laughs> it's, it's given that we're a facts fan, you would need to be a fan here. Uh, it's been a while, but uh, hopefully it's worth it because we are joined by facts legend, the captain, unbelievable. It's Scott Morrell, come to join us. Thank you. How are you yeah. doing? Not too bad, not too bad. It's been a while since uh, we've done a podcast, mainly because I'm going to get you tied down, actually. It's still for, for an hour to do this, but uh, hopefully it's all worth it for everyone. So without further ado, let's get straight into it. Been grafting, so, like everyone else, we're in the unprecedented times and all that sort of jazz. Um, how are you finding lockdown? Keeping yourself busy? If anyone follows you on social media, sees that you're, you're grafting a while. How, how's it going? Yeah, yeah, it's, it's been all right. The the first six weeks, um, I were homeschooling kids, and uh, it's fair to say I, I learned more then in in them six weeks than I did in my, in my full time at school. Uh, but my one of my one of my best pals who went to school, we needed uh, a little bit of help on his gra- groundworks and stuff like that. So for the last six weeks, apologies that I haven't been able to get on on this, but uh, for the last six weeks, I've been helping him uh, building. So yeah, we said you were quite elusive, Muzza. You're more elusive on here than you are on field, anyway. <laughs> Double that. I've got proper builder's hands now. I've got rough hands. Not, not my little office hands, what, you, what I normally have. But yeah, I've been enjoying it. Um, it is what it is at the end of the day, isn't it? We're, we're all in the same situation. And, and uh, until, until the government gives us them guidelines where we can get back, uh, we'll have to keep doing what we're doing. Is it tough to kind of keep yourself motivated? mentally because this this talk of two play being back in August obviously championships different. Uh, basically just for my own mental state more than anything just keeping active and uh, just because obviously you, in the first six weeks I were at home all the time with the kids and, and looking after them you still need your own time and your own space and Having to get out that hour a day and, and do some exercise, it were it were just really benefited benefited myself. Really, I've lost a couple of pounds. Our lasses put up some locks on on uh, cupboards and that, like they did for the kids <laughs> when they were younger. So, lost a bit of weight doing that. So yeah, I've, I've just been enjoying it really. Last weekend, I met up with with Rob Rob Warren, seen Ed Barber went and did the uh, Scamden steps. So, what I've never done before, which were, were pretty tough. But yeah, it's just obviously. Some news will come out soon about what's going to happen with the league, uh, if it's this year or if it's next year, but we'll see. Can I just That's ask, is, is it one of those? Do you feel like, because obviously we only played four games before the season was brought to a halt, do you feel like you, the pre-season work that you did to build your fitness up early in the year is gone or is it something that you can top up as you go along? I think you get, you get, your game fitness is different to your, to your running and, and your stuff you do in training, so obviously we'd, we'd need to get the games back up and going to get your match fitness but you can you can stay keep yourself fit and healthy uh, in this off season when it's it's nice to have a bit of time off from from the game like as in uh, in the off season you have you have six week off but you can't wait to get back and be with it's not nothing better when when you've been with, with as you'll know with a group of lads and having that that banter with each other and uh, and being in each of his company, I might get under people's skin when I'm there. And but even Ty, I think Tyra said that he's missing me uh, from getting <laughs> into my bit. But uh, yeah, it's just it's just that that camaraderie you have with, with your teammates and uh, and that that love you have for each other. Really, it's you're just missing that a little bit. Well, yeah, I, I said the same to Tyra when you're on podcast. Um, do you think it could be blessed in disguise? You're both coming to the end of your careers. You you basically had a few months off for contact and stuff do you think it could potentially increase your career in terms of the longevity of it or like what what, what are your thoughts on that you're taking it as it is now i'm not playing games i feel like i can play for 10 years but after i know after i play one game i'll be like oh i've only got about three left three games <laughs> left uh yeah like I, every every interview i do it's like i say is as long as i'm still enjoying that enjoying going out on that field and i can do uh, and playing, not letting the team down, and doing my part in the team, I'll keep playing myself. What's the one thing that you miss about the actual game itself? You mentioned like camaraderie, and that's the sort of social side of it. What's the one part of the actual 80 minutes that you miss? Competing. 
I'll compete and try to win stuff and try to try to better someone else and try to beat the opponents and try to get one over on someone. Uh, I'm missing competing week in, week out. Against, Are you against been taking kids on at Scrabble and uh, and Cadet Four and all that and battering them then? I'm wrestled. I haven't lost yet. <laughs> but, uh, my, my my amateur club Driglington have started training in sixes, um, in, in fives in the coach. So they've asked me to go down tonight. So I'll be going down and and uh, making one in with them and just to get a little little bit of normality back. Good stuff. Also, hey, a coach. I coach under nines at Drig as well, and we've been doing as Zoom sessions with them, and uh, the club are putting some some uh, insurance messages and on all that into place for for so we can get back on the field and get them going as well. Just, they need a bit of normality in their life. They've been cooped up in their houses and 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 stuff like that. So just to get them back out on that field uh, in in groups of five, and obviously there's no there's no contact or anything like that. But just getting them active and and out there will be will be great. Is that where you kind of see your future then? Like, obviously, you're very well connected with, with Jiglinton and that, and you are assistant coach at Fax. What would you prefer to do? Have you even thought about life after playing apart from kind of like the basics at Drig? I'm going to build houses now. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, I, I, I've, I've always wanted to be a, be a coach um, and give that back a little bit back to, to the youth for what I've learned through my career and stuff like that so it's just uh, it's a no-brainer for me my, my son plays down there um, at Drig my eldest son plays for Shawcross but my, my youngest son plays for, for Driglerton and I, I go down there and, and I coach that team but it's, it's just I'm going to be there anyway so I might as well give something back what I've what yeah. I've uh, what I've learned over the years what are you going to be there sat at bar you mean normally I will be <laughs> getting a new club so when that opens July 4th I'll be propping that up <laughs> just walking up to the bar and just pointing at all memorabilia all shirts and that do you know who yeah. I am yeah we'll be, we're going to get a crap band in so I might get fazers can't afford us <laughs> mate sorry <laughs> um, so yes yeah, so obviously you started off at Drig and that and you you did what both me and Rick dreamt of doing playing for your hometown team albeit quite briefly what was it like to actually play for Leeds and Probably more the question I've got is that like the culture there because you hear a lot about the culture within Leeds and how how it kind of breeds winners. Have you taken quite a lot of that out for your career afterwards? Yeah, I think that's still in me now. The, the stuff what I learned when I was 16, 17, 18 coming through under it was started off with Daryl Powell and and, and and under Stuart Wilkinson in, in that academy, and then uh, them standards they set the, they set the kids at that age. It, it it's lasted with me for my full careers. Um, yeah, the the culture what they built in that in that uh, I think it was like two thousand two I signed there as a sixteen year old, um, and the stuff what they bred into me at, at that young age, uh, it's still with me now. Where I'm playing for Halifax and trying to give it back to the younger players in our team. What was Can it I like watching? Right? Right? Um, it, it's one of those. It's it's obviously well mentioned that you you. Can, came through the ranks at least. Um, you had some competition in front of you. Obviously, you had two future Great Britain halfbacks ahead of you. Do you believe that if either one of those two or both of those two weren't there, that you would have been able to really make your name in that Leeds team that went on to do what they did over the years? Uh, I'd like to think, I believe in my own ability, that I, I would have been able to, but uh, I, I do believe as well, if I sat there till 2009, till one of them, one of them to retire to, to get to get me chance, but uh, they, had a, they had a quality to team. Did did Leeds at the, that point in my positions where I was playing with Rob Burrows and and Danny Maguire and also Kevin Sinfield at loose forward. So um, the best thing for me in my career at twenty year old uh, was to, to to move on, and I did that, and, and that's when I went to all. It's a brave step to take as a as a young lad to drop down the division. Did you did you have other Super League offers or was all KR like the main the main? Place? It happened out of blue. Really, I had a five year deal at Leeds. I had four years left on it, and um, got to end of year. And obviously, we're getting to, to like nineteen, twenty year old. I needed some game time, so um, they spoke to me about a few options uh, going out on loan to different Championship clubs uh, or. They said you could leave and find your own club, um, and then our really good mates with Tommy Gallagher, uh, he, he played under Justin Morgan at, at Toulouse, and they got Justin had took him to Ulkiar with him, and 
they'd signed a, a, an halfback who was a number six, but then when it comes to getting his visa, he couldn't get one. And it was like, I think it was like, I did all my pre-season with Leeds Rhinos in 2005, uh, two, like December 2005, and then going into January. And then Tommy phoned me in January and just said, we need we need an halfback, this can't come, would you come? And I thought, oh, yeah, yeah, I would do. Just, knowing what Leeds had just told me. Yeah. Uh, so the both clubs contacted each other and spoke to Oki about money and stuff. Ended up being on a little bit more money. So that as a young kid, that's all I was really thinking about. Um, just passed my driving test as well. So I had a way to get, to get down that M62. Um, and just went at it really. And f- for me now, looking back, it's the best thing I ever did. Yeah. Well, you see, you, you're still a club legend over there. And it, you, you kind of asked for a better first season to... to to win, so to win a championship and get promoted, who'd have thought it? Who'd have thought that ever worked? Um, winning young player of the year as well. It's where myself and Rick were first seen you there. Yeah, yeah we hated your guts, buzzer. We <laughs> <laughs> by eighty that year, I reckon. 80, it was eighty-eight six, I think it was. Yeah. Luckily, I wasn't there that day. I <laughs> yeah, I was. Monkeys that's why I hate your guts still. <laughs> I was at an Arctic Monkeys game in Blackpool, and I was an all-day sesh. And my sister texted me. Going, we're losing 40 nil. Uh, so I thought, oh, it must be, it must be four nil. We're doing all right. And then it was like, no. we were lucky to only be 40 down as well. <laughs> um, because of this man here. We had a good uh, blender. You like a young, t- young, young team. People who haven't quite made it in Super League and had a point to prove. And, and then it really, Justin really got best out in us. Well, obviously, that was the first year they went full time. Neil Ludgerlow invested money in getting a bigger pitch. If you can remember, Old Craven Park used to have a, yeah. a dog track around it. Yeah. So uh, Neil invested some money in getting a new pitch laid, and it really suited the style of rugby. And obviously, yeah. you were playing in that team with one of your best mates as well, weren't you? In uh, in Ben Cockane. Was that when that relationship blossomed, or did you know each other before you moved to KR? Didn't know each other before, so I'll. I'll Became best mates really. Um, I would still. Tra- I didn't have no OKR training kit, so I was still training in my in my Leeds Rhinos training kit. What I got that year and and turning up and that and every day taking out my clothing off me. What he was taking uh, some Leeds Rhinos <laughs> training kit off me. Hey, oh, God, can I have that? Can I have that? So end up with about one t-shirt and one shorts and uh, we really. Well, you think you were fanboying you something? No, we but but had gone a different route to me. Obviously, I'd done my route as I'd gone. Uh, scholarship academy first team at Leeds Ben had gone army gone to a few clubs never really got his shot he went to Hunslet then he went to Doncaster and Justin Morgan seen him playing for Doncaster and that's how he got his shot really so he went with it probably I I went the easy route really I were always in in the eyes of people who ran rugby circles and he he went the hard route so he deserves everything he gets Ben he works hard hard everything he does Uh, playing obviously as well isn't he so I think he did his ACL at York, and he's coaching kids at Okeano, uh, under 16s and assistant at 18s. But uh, yeah, with me and Ben, we used to travel as as routine. Well, we'd play Sunday, we'd go out on a Sunday night in Hull, then we'd train Monday, train Tuesday, and then it were Tuesday nights in Pontefract. It were 75p a drinking biggies. <laughs> so we used to go. He used to live in Normanton, so we used to stay at his on the on the. Tuesday night, go out there, Wednesday day off, Thursday, Friday train, Saturday day off, Sunday game, out and all. So that was routine every week, every week for about 20 weeks. <laughs> it was nice because we were getting winning pay every week, uh, enjoying ourselves. All, every, all lads were enjoying each other's company after a game and that, that helped Sean Field as well. Well, we've seen that at facts, haven't we? And yeah. that how much of this sort of bond that you have off the field as mates can contribute to it on it. Because as you you said, we all we've all played a game before. You know that you will defend twice as hard if it's someone on each shoulder that you really care about, and you know their personal situation. It's going to cost them and their family money or whatever. You're going to yeah. fight that bit harder, aren't you? So, yeah, yeah, I think uh, we've got we've got a good relationship with everybody at, at Halifax. It's uh, it's a bit harder that you're part time to enjoy that. Um, obviously the lads work through all the day uh, so it's hard to enjoy your time off together because lads are working and stuff like that but um, after training and, and after games and stuff it's, it's always nice to get out with the lads and have a beer mm. Do you enjoy if the responsibility allowed. 
<laughs> do you enjoy the responsibility of being captain that that brings in, or are you just naturally that sort of person that, um, that brings everyone together? I don't know. When I when I first come to Halifax and, and Kyle asked me, it was a bit of a surprise really because I was coming into a new group. None of, none of lads really none of lads really knew me, and then he said, "I'm going to make it captain." I thought, "Oh, all these lads have been together for a, for a, quite a while now, and what they're going to think of me um, coming in and then." And then in giving me captaincy, obviously, Kyle's. I've known Kyle all my life. Um, we used to go watch him when he played for our, our Leeds fan, but when he was playing for Halifax, he used to go watch him up at From All and stuff like that. We live, we live, he lived two streets away from me. Now, if I look out the window, I'll probably see him uh, in his garden. Um, so, he's, Kyle's a really, really good friend of mine. And I thought, I was just thinking, <laughs> I was just thinking what the, the lads would think, really. And, and that um, for me, as a, as a, as a captain, at club I, I don't really think about it. I still do the actions what I do if we're playing with, without being a captain to be honest And but I do re- enjoy having that, that uh, responsibility of leading, leading the lads Well it was a surprise to, to us fans when you first came and you were named captain because like obviously being promoted with OKR you've You've been in with Super League and, and, and stuff and we've seen the sort of player that you were um, again just to kind of your career come a little bit full circle. How tough was it coming down from Super League again from OKR to Halifax, coming from a full-time environment to a part-time environment? How, how did it come about? Um, well, basically, I had uh, OKR offered me a, a, a two-year deal and uh, a lot less money than I were on. Um, and obviously, Carl being close to my family and spoke to my dad and, uh, all right, Kat, you all right? Carl <laughs> um, spoke to my dad and obviously told him that they'd be interested. So me and Carl, a little chat, went and met up with Crody, and it just it just seemed right, really. It just seemed right uh, for for me and and for Halifax. And um, I signed as a loose forward to start with, and then about three games into the season, Carl moved me into into half back, and then I've been. Been back there. So. Too quick for loose forward, were you? Too, too quick and too hard. <laughs> um, I've been in halfback all my career, and then Justin Morgan moved me to loose forward when we signed Paul Cook. And I've been uh, a loose forward then, and then obviously come back to Halifax and gone back to half. So, really enjoying it. Um, felt a bit more. When I were at OKR coming to the end of there, I don't think Craig Sandercock saw me as a, as a, one of their one of their main players or something like that. So when I come to Halifax, I felt appreciated, if you know what I mean, mm. uh, for for the stuff what I give to the team, and uh, it really brought my game on. I, f- I feel like I've been playing better uh, rugby t- towards the end of my my Halifax career than I did towards the end of my OKR career, to be honest. It's like, it's like you've answered all the questions that I had in terms of the, the prep I've done. Like, professional, uh, oh, Yeah, well, you, there you go. It's, like I say, he's only just started dream. working. This is what he spends his days doing, prepping. <laughs> but yeah, it's, like, obviously, we, we knew you all car as a six, and then when you get to Super League, you, you start off a six, and then Paul Cook, a massive name to come in there. And we, we see, we've seen you play a lot of different positions. Are you happy to play those different positions, or... Were you kind of like, hang on, I'm I'm the sixth that's got you promoted? Yeah. What's going on? I think that's what happened towards me in my OKR career. I didn't really have a set position. One week I'll play nine, one week I'll play six, one week I'll play off bench at 13, one week I'll start at 13. So it's good. It's good in one way where you know you're going to be in a team, but you don't know where you're going to be playing. So mm. um, it's hard to get your consistency in your performances. So where you get, a, if I play in standoff every week, I know what I need to work on and what I need to do better and what I'm looking at on previews and stuff like that. And when I was playing different positions, I had to work it out in my mind um, what I needed to do that week for the team, what was better for the team. But if I'm doing that, okay, it's better my game now because I understand every role in the, in the team because I've played it. I just played one position. So I, if I'm playing half-back, I know what that second role needs me to do and vice versa with the loose forward or the, the nine if I've played nine so I know that I need that ball out in front of me so I can so I can take the defence on and so if I play nine I know it's it's benefited me now for my Halifax career doing that all the different roles for, for OK yeah. 
Justin Morgan told a, a story on your testimonial video when you, which I'm sure we'll come on to that at some point, um, about a story about you playing prop against Catalan. Um, <laughs> and he said that your whole team were busted up and they had no one else that were willing to go out there and do it. And you, uh, and you went out there and played. So what I want to know is how was playing prop in Super League against Catalan as an <laughs> academy halfback? How was that? Yeah, it, it, were, it were good, really. What, what happened is, obviously, the time cooking that year and, uh, I was playing sub nine, so playing me and Fish were me and Ben Fisher played for Halifax. We were rotating at nine, um, and they were my turn to come off bench. And he, and he turned around and he were looking, and we were, I think Danny Ward were off with split face. So Mick Vella had done his knee. And he went, "What am I going to do?" And I went, "Oh, I'll play." Went prop, went yeah. So he took me on, and I went on for the last twenty minutes and played prop. Didn't carry the ball much, but I just got stuck in the tackling. <laughs> yeah, you gotta love those props that are all useful to teams that don't carry the ball. Really good. Oh yeah, I just, just did a lot of support, dummy running, a lot of dummy runner, <laughs> pushing through, pushing through every yeah. time. So you can't be there to have the ball, ball promoter. Out back, out back. <laughs> um. So, in, in terms of old care, we'll kind of wrap the old care about now because there's one thing I do want to know. Um, within my little bit of research, found that when he celebrated going up, there was a, a celebration with King Billy. Oh, good times. Good times. <laughs> if you can, yeah. if you can uh, divulge. Uh, so, we put a party on after we got promoted. Uh, went back to somewhere called Platform One. That was for all fam- family and friends and and stuff like that. It got to about half past two, and one at fans owned uh, the pub called the King Billy. Um, just opposite, if you look at where deep is, when you're going into the thing, if you look left into Old Town there, it's just there. Uh, and there's a statue outside it, a uh, big horse. Um, I were new to the town and stuff like that, and everybody knows when I, when I have a few beers, I don't mind getting me off. Um, and I, I didn't know that over the road with the courts for the whole whole courts and stuff like that. So uh, I took my clothes off and I was running around uh, around the statue and trying to climb it and stuff like that. And then next day, uh, Neil Ludgill being a solicitor, he gets a phone call off off the courts and saying that one of your players are running around there. So got a little slap on wrist if we say that. <laughs> they definitely know how to celebrate these things, are we? We do. We got 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 her, aren't you? Got her. I think it was about three days we did. I just want to ask you really quick before we wrap up on KR about, obviously, there's a lot of talk in sporting events about local um, derbies. And there's obviously, there's a few in rugby league, the biggest one probably being Saints of Wigan, the original one. But you got a chance to play in... There's only one derby, all in all all FC. Well, it's not technically true, but whatever. Um, I want to ask you... What was it like to play in a whole derby, home and away? What was the build-up like in the week? You know, um, obviously you're not a whole lad yourself; you're a Leeds lad, so you didn't you want to live there. But what was it like going to Hull every day for training? Could you feel that the sort of tension building around that? What are those games like? Yeah, you can uh, obviously when you're just walking around the town or the, the cities. Um, the people just getting in. You're gonna get it this week. You're gonna get it this week, but. The families are divided. There's some fam- people who are all I've seen their families and they're all KR. So it's massive for them, uh, the people of, of, of a city. And uh, it's just probably KC Stadium, I think it was highest, like 20,000 there. Just unbelievable. And when you're beating them in front of their own fans, I don't like it um, as well. And it's, it's you can't really, I can't really explain it. Just putting, just putting the ghost pimples talking about it now. and um, it's just something that I can't explain really but it's just an unbelievable feeling you did, you, and I'm not rubbing, rubbing in or anything but you didn't get a chance to play at Wembley as a player yeah do you think that's the closest you get to a feeling of playing in a big cup final like that where it's just so noisy and so all encompassing passion basically I like your passion yet <laughs> you're right uh, yeah, we got close um, last year uh, yeah uh, yeah the atmosphere was unbelievable, mate. And packed, packed when it's uh, even Kevin Park when it's it's only it's only a small ground, but it's the when it's electric when you've been there when we played them in in the in the middle eights and stuff like that. They're just non-stop singing and they're just that that passionate. It's it's unbelievable and um, it really it does help you when you're in, in a game and scoring a try against them and, and diving up and celebrating and winding them all up. It's uh, it's, it's a good feeling. <laughs> So that's where it all started. 
Another thing that we see in all, in all dabs as well, and it's really your characteristic is the big hits. What one of one of my genuine of my favourite hits is the one that you put on uh, Fitzgibbon. Fitzgibbon that you yeah, smooth. How did that feel like putting it on and looking down? You seen an Australian international at your feet. I I used to look up to him. Mate. I used to. I was thinking, literally, not thinking game day, but like after after when you when you thing is, I used to watch him when he was playing for New South Wales and and Australia and stuff like that. And then now I'm playing against him and Ben Kane's whooping in his face when I would have smashed him. He says he says to Ben, "F off back to your wing, you you little rat." <laughs> Yeah, it's just good, good times, isn't it? Good times, good to look back at. It's good. It's uh, obviously when when you're in the moment and you're in, in the game, you don't really think about it. And but it's just like looking back now is a little bit old. It's, it's it's good to look watch. Do you think like just a kind of bit of a generalisation? You 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 mentioned like like yeah. Not necessarily going to win any Mr. Bodybuilder contest any anytime soon. In that, do you think? <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Take my ribs now. I, I I know I'm very well in the barbecue. stones here. Um, do you think people kind of underestimate you in terms of a the time, the, the the creativity that you have, but but also in terms of defensive work that you do as well? And you yeah, I don't, yeah, I don't I don't know really. I just. As you, as you, you both know me personally, uh, I don't take it too seriously. I, obviously, I, I, I want to win and I want to, but if if someone's, I don't know if the people in crowd are shouting at me, they think they can get under my skin and put me off my game. I just smile at them and have a laugh, and and, and I'll, I'll even have a talk to them. I just say, oh, keep it coming. It's good. It's good, and have a laugh, and have a laugh with them. Uh, uh, if I, I think they shout at me to try to put me off my game, but that's I take it as a compliment. But. Uh, as I know, when I turn around and smile at them with my four teeth, that uh, don't, don't bother me whatsoever. Is it one of those things that he used to drive you on then? Because obviously, you, it's weird. You say we know you personally. You're like two different people often on the pitch. You've got that switch. Is it stuff like that that, that you use for motivation? Or have you always naturally, had, you mentioned you're competitive. Have you always just naturally been like that anyway where you just want to win, you know? Yeah, I think I think I think that's. I just want to win everything. What well, how, how big or small it is. If you ask my brother, when when we were growing up, when he beat me on FIFA on on Sega Mega Drive or whatever it was, I used to. If I were losing with ten minutes to go, I used to turn it off and run out because he was losing. Oh, yeah, he's no. yeah. So I used to turn it off and then he'd chase me around and and try chin me. But uh, yeah, I think I think that's just been in me from a young age that I want to win everything I do. Um, not right good at spelling tests or all like that, but in sport, I want to win. <laughs> Do you think it's a kind of thing like, uh, uh, like, like in football, Wayne Rooney? If you didn't have the aggression on behalf of the player, do you think if if you didn't talk to players or have a laugh with fans and that, it'd, it, you'd be kind of half the player in that respect? Then I think that, that's your personality, isn't it? And yeah, uh, you can't change it. If it, you can't, it's not, you don't want to change anybody. Do you? Obviously, you want to make people better players by technicality and and awareness of opponents and stuff like that but if, if it's in someone's personality it's like aggression uh, you've got aggressive players you want them to be aggressive don't you but you want to do them in the right manner so you don't want them to set people's heads off but you still want them to be aggressive to get one over on their opponent so I think it's a personality trait as well as a as a thing what you want you, you can't put it in you can't put it in someone to be I'm not going to be aggressive I'm not going to tear ball in and, and try to at someone and and Scream and shout them like that, but I might try trip them up and be cheeky or something like that. Cause that's my personality. <laughs> Have you ever had a coach try and sort of take that away from you? Take that out of you? Coach that out of you? Uh, I won't say he tried. I think Craig Sanger he didn't understand my personality. I don't think. Uh, but Justin, Justin got on with me. I spoke to him the other week, um, first time the other week when we both had a few beers, and still speak to him now and. Talks about when he used to come out. We were all a young Justin, so he come out of us a couple of times. And every two minutes, bouncers were telling him to get me off tables dancing and stuff like that. <laughs> never, never. <laughs> I don't do it now. I've grown up. Have <laughs> that or not allowed out. <laughs> Definitely. Um, do you think? Do you think it's something that you'll carry in your coach as well? If you see, if you saw a lad who resembles yourself, kind of thing, would you? obviously nurture that as well yeah um i think people respond differently to to how you speak to them you'll know it in, in any walk of life someone might need a tap on back and say come on mate you can 
you can do this, you can do this. Some might need a bollocking. I I react better to bollockings myself personally. If I'm getting tapped on my back, you don't know what you, you're not. You don't know uh, that you're doing something wrong. Really, if you're getting smoke blown up your bum, but if you're getting a, a rollocking, it uh, really spurs me on, and I, I don't want to let that person down. And if 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 I think I'm letting someone down, then that hurts my pride. Fair news. So we've reached the end of the first part. Stick with us. We'll be back in a couple of seconds. Hello, welcome to the second part of Talking Facts of Life, sponsored by Eclipse Energy. Joining myself and Rick is the unbelievable Captain Marvel Scott Morrell. Um, thank you very much for joining us again. Um, we're going to talk more about Halifax at this point, because it's the whole point of the podcast, really. Um, when you when you did sign for Halifax, you said that you, you know Harrison quite well and that. Uh, did you... Do you think that that was like your last move? Do you say, right, this is my career now, or were you kind of hoping to get back into Super League, or what? What were your thoughts when you first joined? Um, I don't, I don't know really. I think, I think I did have that initial because in my contract I had that if a Super League club comes in, I could leave. Um, and Wakefield, Wakefield did approach me uh, in my first. I think it was after about ten games of playing for Halifax. So then we sat down with Crowdy again and. We renegotiated and ended up signing. I think it was like a three-year deal. We took the Super League clause out after ten games, and and uh, when I did after that, then I just had just said I'll be playing for Halifax. Right decision, then you reckon? But definitely, definitely. Um, as you can see, I, I just enjoy playing the game. I love playing for Halifax. Uh, I love just love competing, like like I've said earlier, and. Um, as long as I've got that smile on my face, I'll, I'll keep doing it. And obviously, the club wants me. <laughs> You've had quite a bit of Super League interest, though, haven't you? Um, what in your time at Halifax? Wakey have inquired about you a few times. Have you mentioned? But I think the one that I saw the other week that's probably the biggest compliment was when Leeds were struggling with relegation, and Gary Schofield was saying, "Get well into the Leeds team." He would steer us around. What, what did you make to those comments? You know, Gary at all? Um, How much did you yeah. pay him to say that? That cost me, uh, cost me a few pints. That, but no, <laughs> yeah, you know, he knows, he knows. Obviously, my dad played um, when for Leeds, and he's, he come through at Leeds, and so yeah. But we do, we do know it. We do. I do know Gary. I know his son as well, Johnny Schofield. But uh, yeah, we're quite very honest um, to get to get them uh, comments. And obviously, where I live, I live in Leeds. So all the all the parents in the club and that were all asking me, "Are you coming to Leeds? Are you coming to Leeds?" And uh, <laughs> I had, to, I had to let him down gently saying, no, no, I'm going to stay out of Can't me. <laughs> Can't afford me. I'm going to say that. Yeah, but it's, so it's, it's nice, isn't it? And it's nice for him to say them words and obviously um, I'm being a Lee's lad as well. Would you go? No. Oh, good lad. Good answer. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's, uh, when, when we played Leeds in, in middle eight, in middle eights when we... We kept we were six nil at half time or something like six that. Six all, I think, wasn't it? Six all, and uh, all the all the kids from Driglington were, were stood behind that six stick, singing at me. You've never seen a salad, so they're still singing. <laughs> so every every time I see them now, every time I see their age group, there's like an under twelves now. I think they are twelves and thirteens. That every time I see them, I just never seen a salad, and that's all. That's all I get from them. <laughs> <laughs> what, what, what was what was it like playing against Leeds? I'm like obviously okay, and then facts because. I always I like, yeah, I always felt like I raised my game. To be honest, I don't know if it was like a thing that I got let let go by by Leeds, but I always seemed to have my better games against uh, Leeds. And obviously, playing for Halifax, I've I've always had probably better games against against the against OKR as well. So uh, I don't know what it is. It must be something in, in my mind that I want to prove them wrong for letting me go or something like that. I don't it's know, different, but... isn't You're playing against people in the crowd that you know that you've been friends with and stuff and you want those bragging rights don't you you want to be able yeah, to yeah. Over yeah that, it, it was nice to go back to Ulkiar that first time obviously we haven't been for, been for two years and when I went and they give me like they, they stood up and give me like a, a clap and stuff like that and all the lads were giving like they, they were giving me some stick about that and no, his, his arm his arm and all that and so it would uh, it would pretty it was nice for me to know that they did actually feel about feel that way about me and uh, but it's, yeah, it's always nice to go back to your old clubs and and, and get one over on them. Really, like we'll beat, we'll beat Ulkiar to get in. 
top mm. four, didn't we, at home. At last, I think Toulouse had beat someone the day before, and then we had to beat Ulke. There's, there's a great video of you from that night, isn't there, where, because I think, didn't... Um, it was Fev and Toulouse the night before the, the KI yeah, game. And if Fev won, and you popped the champagne and everything, hadn't you? <laughs> I was at, at, at a barbecue with all the mates, and I said to them, if they, if Toulouse win, I'm off to, I'm going to get arsehole with you. And uh, <laughs> Fev beat them, didn't they, at last minute? And I'd be like, oh, no, no. And I, I just went, stomped straight home, had my pasta, and went to bed. Play it next day. <laughs> Pasta for refueling or for uh, soaking up the yeah uh, for stodge. <laughs> the alcohol that was. <laughs> no, this. <laughs> <laughs> um, another thing that I want to kind of come to is uh, that we mentioned Davis and stuff, and not too long after you joined, we started playing Bradford again. Uh, did you know about the rivalry between us? Was it easy to motivate yourself because kind of like the enemy, the enemy is my friend and. That sort of thing. I don't. I knew. I knew when I first come that, like, obviously speaking to legends at a club like Ned and Cod, uh, Ned, Ned and uh, Cov, uh, they remember all the glories and the, the the battles they had against Bradford and stuff like that. But being a Leeds lad as well, I hate Bradford. <laughs> I hate Bradford passion, obviously, with the with the rhinos and the bulls in the Super League. Uh, so it's always nice. It's always nice to get one over on them and. To, to see them uh, oddsel oddsel people hanging in them stands after it's it's always nice. <laughs> it's one of those things you've you've pretty much really made a name for yourself in games against Bradford over the years for facts, aren't you? Do you? Is it one of those things you know that what it means to the fans, or do you know that by smashing your rival, often you're never going to be without a job? <laughs> <laughs> I never have to buy a pint again. Yeah, a bit of both, really. I don't know. I don't know what it is, but. I say I seem to do. I do some game against against Bradford and and have my better games against them. I, I think because their fans give me it. You know, like I said earlier about gonna get on me, try getting on my back and stuff like that. So don't want them to get one over on me. Uh, so you just see, it's weird. You seem to have like a force field around you when you're playing these big games, especially on Sky. It's one of those you seem to be. What's that famous phrase? Playing in a dinner jacket. <laughs> You know, uh, is it something that you're that, conscious of while you're doing it, trying not to get a hit, or is it just that you seem to have these perfect games when the time comes? It's Ilda said to me before match that she hasn't got enough washing powder, so if you could keep your your kit clean this week, uh, <laughs> I'll do us a lot of favours. So I don't go to line, then I get batted. <laughs> well, no, you don't want to cross Ilda. <laughs> it's true though. It's like. When Sky showed these these summer bash games and like what Rick's been putting out these old games, I, I put on my Twitter that you're, you're the king of the summer bash, and I don't think I'm taking the mick at all, really. Because if you think of, I can't think of a single player in terms of the summer bash who's had a, a better impact than than yourself, really. Well, more fun is anyway. It, yeah, yeah. Oh, that celebration just is just is. Uh, I'm still eating them pieces of rock they give me. What? <laughs> <laughs> Is it is it is it a case of like like Tyra described it as it's it's, uh, it's an extra game in in the season, so it's kind of like a, a free hit for extra points. Do you kind of see it as it's a big game? Is this cameras are on? We play Fev a couple of times. We played Bradford a couple of times. Is it a case of right? I'm going to step up here and, and do it. I don't I don't know what it is really, but uh, I don't really I don't you know you know me. I don't really think about. The long term, too much. I always think about what's next and the next next game. So I won't, I won't go into this this game and think, all right, if we do this here, then it'll help us further down the line. I just take every game by how, as it is, and obviously want to win every game, and that's how I, that's how, that's the mentality I've got and go into it. But uh, I always I enjoy going to the summer back. It's always a nice summer day as well, and yeah. it's always nice and sunny, and uh, to see the the blue and white armor behind them sticks and. Um, it's always we're watching that game back when we played Fev and uh, I think we we went out in front and then they come back and they were giving you a lot of sticking stands I think one there yeah. I think it was Gazok and, and Wilder jumping up and and shouting at us and stuff and we go score later on on their fan field chatting me because I got me uh, belly button out. <laughs> <laughs> That's the spur of the moment thing that'll last for a long time and it was was. It, the case that the Fed fans were giving you stick all after and about your weight and, and that was how you shut them up sort of thing? 
Yeah, they were calling me you fat bay. They do it every, every time. And, uh, <laughs> and give him a give him a little cheeky smile and give him a little belly out there and again. And then when I scored, I just thought you're having it here. And so I give him it, slap my belly, and, and then he went upfield and little jinky cop one for him. <laughs> <laughs> it was a hell of a game that. Hell of a speaking, game. speaking of that, another big game. We mentioned Bradford in the, in the quarter final. The celebrations happened there. It's just the perfect timing when, they, like. A few hours before Andy Ruiz beat Joshua, and then yourself with your amazing body, which shit going over. <laughs> was that a kind of spur of the moment thing, or when he uh, when he won Ruiz beat, obviously take your clothes off, change, and all lads were calling me Andy Ruiz <laughs> after the game, and just fucked it out there, because all lads are doing it. Um, it made it made. Sort of like headline news around the country, didn't it? Sort of uh, yeah. with with the sort of parallels between Andy Ruiz and yourself. It's uh, I wanted to ask you because obviously we've mentioned quite a lot that the crowd get into you about your weight, and we're sort of living in this new kind of world. Or whatever. Does it ever really get to you, or can do you just have the ability to totally laugh it off and and brush it away and and let it slip off your back, so to speak? I just let it brush off my back, Fazer. I I believe that. If they get to know me personally, their their opinions don't know don't, don't matter. They don't know me. They don't know me personally, all like that. But if they know me personally, I've got confidence in myself that they will will, will like me and yeah. and uh, like my personality. So, um, so when they do shout, it just walk off the back. You got you got to laugh it. I mean, they want the best for their team, and they want their team to win. We want our team to win. And they're they're doing their best to put me off my game, and vice versa. We all, we all, we all everybody who's a rugby league fan wants to win, don't you? You don't want to go sit, go out and, and see your team lose. So they they yeah. they they've paid their money into that ground. They've paid the twenty two quid, which you think is a bit expensive. Uh, they're 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 entitled to their opinion and to their to give me a bit of stick. But I'm just there. I'm just there in the middle. I'm doing my bit, and they're there doing their bit on the side. I know where I'd rather be on that field. So uh, <laughs> keep it coming. One thing we've got to talk about is like we'll 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 probably talk about every single player we're on this podcast is Palooza Way 2017. Did best, best lads all day I've ever been on. <laughs> First of all, I'm, I'm, I I loved your celebration coming straight over to fans and downing the pine that I had. Although you didn't find the one <laughs> later on, which was which is absolutely fine. Uh, but did you kind of realise? Well, not realise, but know how important it was and. The, the the victory would give us that momentum to go on. To yeah, what we, we spoke we spoke about it in the week up, but it was a must win. Obviously, they were, did we not? They didn't get in that year, did they? I think without that, that. Yeah, no, I think yeah. Uh, I think we knew it were a must win must win game, and um, spill it up as like a cup final, really. And and then getting that momentum and that confidence after that just took us on and spurred us on. Did we go like eleven games unbeaten or something on the way on the run in? No, like that, that was yeah. a different season. That we won the oh, last oh, four in a row. That that was twenty fifteen. Twenty seventeen was the one where we beat Bradford at home, went to Toulouse yeah. and won. And where you know where we're talking about KR on the last day of the season. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. We just got that momentum going and, and that belief. And I think when we fought beat Toulouse, we thought we we won it, didn't we? But then Fed beat him as well, so then we had to we had to go and and uh, and beat KR, but. Uh, it was just like I, like I just spoke about that. It was best lads all day I've ever, I've ever been on in my life. After that game when we all, we met you all in Melting Pot, didn't oh, we? Yeah. Uh, I think Rich were talking to us about. Uh, we'll just stay in tonight. He bought. He went to um, went yeah. to the supermarket. Bought us, bought us two hundred two hundred pounds worth of beers to keep us in. We slept like in an hour, and this is right. Rich, we're off out. <laughs> <laughs> I, I got told this, a sort of story about how it. It said, look, you know, we've got a big game next week and, uh, yeah, and it's probably yeah. wise to stay in. And then he had a couple of glasses of wine himself and was like, get out of here, you crazy kids. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, we went, went out and seen you all. And uh, I'm, I'm Comica, they're obviously their captain, and uh, I'm good mates with him. Uh, and he was living next to the hotel where we were. So he come out next morning and we were all still buzzing. We'd done his, we'd done his uh, pool session and stuff like that, but then there were a bar like a pull bar on, so uh, we were having a couple more beers, we weren't flying home till four, so we had a couple more beers, and he'd come round, and I will give him a bit of stick, saying thanks for the top four, and stuff like that, and he bought all lads of beer, he bought all, all lads of beer around pool, so uh, 
yeah, it were it were good good to get that, but it were also good to be with boys and get away and little lads all different. Do you think that that sort of because that to me was the day when the camaraderie of the whole club came together as one, and and it really seemed like we were all in it together. Do you think that really spurred us on? Because I've spoken to a few lads that said. Yeah, it were important, but we would have won those games anyway because we were going to get our money back, and that's what spurred us on. But the sort of camaraderie with the fans, you'll have seen how much it meant to us that night. That Did that have any impact on the following two games against Fev and against KR? Yeah, I think it will. Yeah, it will have done. It will, it will have done for you, boys, for you fans as well coming in. you Obviously, you know the meaning, what we needed to do in them, them next games, and you all wanted to be there and be a part of it as well. So uh, I think it, it did bring us together a club, and the lads speaking about the money, what got took off us at the start of that year, I think that was a big incentive as well for the lads to, to, to earn that back because for some, for some of your top players like Mitch uh, and stuff like that, it'd been quite a bit of money. Yeah. He's he sort of like, you you guys are my heroes and I, I, I until that trip really, I kept myself separate from players. Like if I saw people out in town, I'd be like, no, don't want to speak to them, don't speak to them at all. But knowing how much it meant to you guys and the say that when we went melting pot and that, it kind of just like, he's what I knew all along. Like you are blokes at the end of the day, you are human beings and that. And it really just showed that you are out there for us as, as well. I, You're not just these kind of, on, on a pedestal. You, you, you are on a pedestal to us. But yeah, yeah. yeah. We're all the same, aren't we? We, 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 all, we all want the same thing. I keep saying this all the time, but we all want the same thing. We all want Halifax to win and to be successful. Sometimes you've got to go through some bad patches and, and some fans will give you some stick and and and, uh, and get on your back a bit. But at the end of the day, it's, we all want one thing and that's for Halifax to be successful and, and to be back where they belong. Yes. One, one of the... You mentioned it before about the, the pay cut and... Asked Tyra the same question. Did, was there any any inkling in your mind not to take the pay cut, or were you were you, were you just that like I'm, I'm doing this? Um, I, th- I think to start with, we'd, we'd, no one wants money taken off them, do they? No one wants money taken off them, and I think we all said that no, 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 we can't we can't take as money off us. But then when club sports about give us like an option where we can earn it back and. And, and do that and still be together as a team because if we didn't take it there might be not a club the club might have gone the might have, players might have moved on so there might have been five or six of us go to a new team uh, but I think we had that bond together where we trusted each other and, and we all wanted to be we all main thing is we all enjoyed enjoyed each other's company so why would you want to go anywhere else at that time um, and it worked it worked end it didn't it we got us money back and club got to top four so, to yeah. do it every yeah, definitely, <laughs> and, and, and that's that's where you can tell where you've got that that camaraderie and team spirit. And we we would like there was, there was only Manning that, that, that didn't take the the, the the pay cut, and no one begrudged him at all. He's not he's not held in any negative negativity in terms of his fans and that. But again, it's a just shame realized, though because he, if he would have stayed, he would have really gone down as one of the, probably the all-time great back rowers to wear Halifax colours. So from a personal point, not necessarily, I understand it's his right and he can do what he likes. And if we were going to offer a pay cut, you know, and he wants to keep the same money and that, but I'd really think if he'd have kept playing for facts, he would have gone down in history as one of the great ones we'd had. I really do. Yeah, quite, quite a player, man. He's a workhorse and uh, we're, all, we're all gutted generally. Go to that team on and off the field. Uh, they did leave, um, but next year, uh, yeah. So, so I was saying that then Rich brought Grady in next uh, next year, and it, I think if we wouldn't have brought Grady in, I thought I think we'd have felt the more the more yeah. that Manu had left. You know what I mean? I thought he brought an equivalent player in, and, and Shane, Shane really took that mantle of. Uh, the workhorse and then line runs, what Manu did. So I didn't think we didn't feel uh, as much of an team bringing Grady in, but it was a big miss, a, a big loss for Manu. He, sa- he saved uh, Jono a lot of teeth, though, did he, Grades? Taking that crash ball 50 times a game. Yeah, I know. Jono out back. Here you go, Grady. <laughs> <laughs> if, you, if you weren't a good looking lad uh, afterwards or before, you know, <laughs> getting smashed up. Um, so that that sort of wraps, I won't say wraps up, but it, there's a few of sort of our favourite games um, 
that you've played for Halifax. Do you have any ones that stand out yourself as favourite games that you've played in? Obviously, we've mentioned like the quarterfinals and things like that. Are, are there any ones that we necessarily wouldn't think of that you really enjoyed playing in? Uh, Bradford at Odsall, when we beat them 42, some, 42 summer. 52. Uh, 52, 16, yeah. 18. That one, 16, that one, 16, yeah. Yeah, that one stands out uh, to me. Obviously, Feather, Bash, when I got my belly out, that stands out. Um, can't really think of any more. Oh, obviously, Bolton. That's, that's obviously, to me, me, lad's into his rugby now and to see, he, he, he thinks I'm past it and stuff like that. So for him to see me play against people like Tommy Mickinson with his heroes and Johnny Lomax and Wormsley and Thompson and stuff like that, that were, that were massive for me as a personal note, but obviously for the club as well. Did you really think our team had the ability that we showed that day to compete against what was arguably one of the greatest that. Super League sides of all time? That I just think we, went, I think we just went there with no care in the world. We were no hiding into nothing. Everybody thought we were going to lose. Everybody thought we were going to get hammered. Why not go there and enjoy it? What's the point getting worked up? Everybody, no one's acting out offers. So what's the point getting worked up about, oh, we're going to do this, going to do that. Let's go enjoy it. Short kick off. Let's enjoy it. Little chips, little kicks. Um, let's do that. And we did that and it, and it paid off. And uh, I think it, we're a little crash. Roby scored that try, didn't it, just before half yeah. time. And I think, I think that took a bit of a wind out of it. I think if we'd gone in at nil-nil, we'd have come out buzzing again for the second half. But I think that try took a little bit of a wind out of ourselves. Obviously, we're still happy with his performance and, what we did, but it'd be nice to get a couple of tries as well, wouldn't it? Just for, for your just one, we just wanted one. But to be yeah, fair, no, we kicked a goal, we didn't get nilled, and that was the most important for me. Yeah, we didn't want to, but Tyra Ty Ty nearly crying. And I want to get on the score sheet. <laughs> I want my record. I want to get my record. Well, speak, speaking of Tyra, we we're talking to him. Says that again. Let, let me get this on. Let me get this on this video now. If we if we're winning by. 16, 18, 20, and we've got th he wants to go for two points all the time because all he talks about is that record he wants to go. <laughs> that is fact. That is fact. He says he never mentions it, but there yeah, well. right, Ask Jinky Johnson, it's all he talks about. He's <laughs> oh, got, got a little talent chain rooms where he marks them off how many got a week. What, like a countdown? <laughs> yeah, countdown, Tommy. <laughs> <laughs> he's going to be after you for this but no speaking of Tyra we were we were talking to him on obviously the one that we did and he, he said that the talk in the halftime you know you, you went out against Saints and you're sort of thinking we've got nothing to lose and he said Robbo came in at halftime and we're like we could win this game lads did you have that yeah, it, did. it felt yeah it felt felt positive uh, obviously to keep them to that score I think we got a look with a few errors, errors and stuff like that Bobby Swatted one, well, got trampled by worms and he lost ball over. Yeah, line, tackled, tackled uh, ball out of his hand using his face. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, but that—that's what the feeling was. I think you—you you lot had as, as much fun as we did, really. Obviously, yeah. we had a beer we all after, didn't we, in that pub? And uh, to feel it was just just a good good occasion, good to be put. Absolutely, definitely. We had the we had the same attitude. It's like we've got nothing to lose. No one expects us to win. Why not go there and just have, have fun? Because I'm going to say, me and Rick are unfortunately born in the generation where we hadn't had Wembley Cup finals. And yeah, we missed and it by like two years, didn't we? I was t I was technically there. I was I was I was three months conceived then. But um, but yeah, the 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 middle eights and that that sort of stuff and trips to Toronto. I'll, I'll get that in there. Uh, yeah. Am I Cup finals at the moment? So you you've got to take you've got to take the the rough and the smooth there, really. Well, I, I, apart from the final with Ulkiar, I got to a semi-final with Ulkiar in that first year, but I was injured, so I missed it. So apart from that, that was big, one of the biggest games I've been part, a part of. And um, it was, I was, obviously I got injured the week before, I thought I'd done my neck, and then I was texting Grixie on that spot, and I'm playing next week, I'm not missing that, I'm not missing that. And then uh, managed to recover from my hypochondriac, and then... Uh, <laughs> And got hey, a nasty field. one that you got. You got a, 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 a late cheap shot to the back of the neck or something. Yeah, it grew, yeah. on it? Whiplash, wasn't it? Well, speaking it was, of, this uh, is a rugby league podcast. Um, you, 
you've played a lot of games for Halifax now, but what I, what I want to talk about is injuries in your career. How, how have you coped with injuries in your career? Have you had any bad ones? Have you had any ones that I'm, sort of still nigger you to this day? Anything of that sort of nature? I've only ever had one serious injury. I had a shoulder reconstruction in, in, in 2008, touch wood. Uh, still get pain now. Can't wipe my bum with my right arm. Got to do, got to do it with my left. Uh, <laughs> and I'm right-handed, so unless, unless uh, I have to get, I'll have to get showered out and clean me off as well if I can't get to right. I love it. What, what was the biggest um, issue that came with uh, dislocating and reconstructing your shoulder? Was it tackling? Was it, was it wiping my? You should have been building yeah. a B day instead of. Yeah. Uh, oh, I've been all day though. Uh, apart from that, mate, I've, I've not really. I broke my hands, broke my arm, but not. I've, took, I've been pretty lucky with injuries, really. I think it might be what you said earlier that I play in a dinner suit and stay away from contact and stuff like that. But, well, let's hope that, uh, that carries on then. That's how it carries on for another seven years. Well, I'll, I'll take it on another <laughs> tangent. The, the, the question that I wrote down when you mentioned Tower, um, that you didn't know what we we're going to be. I, I want to ask if you could bring back one player that you've played with at Halifax into the current Ooh. team, who would it be? Uh, probably, but Mitch is up there. We were played, but when my first season, Lee Patterson, I think he's massively underrated. I think yeah. I think he could have, um, he could have played another another couple of years for Halifax, but then he went on to Batley. Obviously, Carl Ch- had a change of where he wanted to go, but for me coming in, he he had all the standards and and training hard and, and everything what you need to be a Super League player and. Uh, I think he, personally, I think he's a massive under underrated uh, a player. Is is Pat Owen? Um, I I'd probably bring him back. Probably still he's still fitting us all now. I've seen how ripped he is. Does picture with what Warren saying it? Yeah. Oh, <laughs> we're up the days like granite. <laughs> um, he's doing well for himself. Still playing, isn't he? Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah well, Sheffield now, yeah, Sheffield. Mm. Yeah, he's going back to Sheffield as well, isn't he? Um, we'll bring it to a close. We'll ask them, like, kind of... Well, I've got one more if questions. I can. Go on, man. You've got five minutes. You've got five minutes. I wanted to ask about um, your testimonial, because obviously the RFL granted you um, a testimonial year due to your services for the game with, obviously, Leeds, Hockey and, uh, and Halifax. Um, and obviously, we, we helped you out. Um, you did well at your testimonial. But the one thing that sort of fell weirdly was you weren't able to, I think it was because of the weather, you weren't able to have a testimonial game for Halifax against Sulk Out, which was your plan. And Rich yeah. actually let you go and play a game uh, for Hulk KR in pre-season when you were a Halifax player, which is highly unusual. So what I wanted to ask, what were your memories of your testimonial game playing for Hulk KR? And were you trying like hell to get stuck in or were you trying to stay out of the way? I only got towards the end, but yeah, it was, it was massive from from Rich to let me do that. Uh, if I got injured in that, it'll be uh, travesty for for, for me first season. But um, we meant to have a game against Ulkia uh, in pre-season, uh, and it, for whatever happened, it, we couldn't do that. And, and Neil says, "Why did he come play for us?" So I had to go ask Rich. Uh, and he went and sports at board, and they come up saying they'd let me play. So. See, I don't uh, think that happens with anyone else apart from you because of what you're given and your personality. I don't think that happens yeah. with anyone else. Yeah, and then uh, went over and played against London. I probably got last 25 minutes. Not being big, big at all, but okay, I was losing when I went on and we won't game. <laughs> and, and you made um, out pretty well in your testimony. Are you happy with every, how everything went? Yeah, but like, just for people like yourself volunteering and, and, and helping me out and it was just obviously it's a short career and, and for RFL to give me that opportunity to, to make that little bit of a money to, to help me after my career and it, it has done. We've, we've put it into his house and, and, and extended his house and, and stuff like that. So uh, I wonder, have you put half me. of it into Driggs Bar? Is that why they're building a new clubhouse? <laughs> uh, I'll be propping that up on June, uh, July the 4th, mate. Don't you worry. <laughs> Take us to the house, Mike. <laughs> um, so yeah wrap wraps up with some quick fire questions and stuff who was your rugby league hero growing up and as you're playing who was the kind of the hero that you kind of look up to as a player uh, my hero growing up was Andy Farrell uh, 
absolutely awesome. Got managed to play against him for for London when I I went on loan to London when I was seventeen and managed. He was playing for Wigan at JJB and remembering he was playing standoff. I was playing standoff and it. He just ran over the top of me from a scrum and went and scored from 40 metres. So that, that was my year or so. I gutted after that. Uh, he, were, he were one, but for, for standards and, and, and professionalism and training and stuff like that, growing up with, with Kevin Simfield, uh, watching him train and, 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 how, and how, he, how he did and how he handled himself, is, he, he was just an unbelievable professional. And he, he won them blokes where... Out with the young kids and, and do extras with them, like like myself, and do kicking and, and and stay out and help us and help us develop. So it was good to play under him. Uh, and finally, the best wind up opponent on the pitch. Who who gave as good as they got? Old putty face George Flanagan gives me some stick when we play against <laughs> him. <laughs> but uh, got he's got a melted welly face, so he can't say all. <laughs> Any anyway, well. Um, what better way to finish? <laughs> Melted welly face. <laughs> All thank the kids you very will be much using for joining it Thank you very uh, much. Mate, mate, uh, thank you very much for all that you do and everyone else for listening. Thank you very much. Double the facts. Double the facts.